You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It is time for another edition, the Wednesday or the Wednesday Wednesday, no, Wednesday edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. And this is one of our mailbag shows because we love interacting with our listeners and our viewers. If you're watching on YouTube where you can also get the show, by the way, subscribe to both of them. Subscribe on the audio side. Even if you don't listen to the audio side, if you subscribe to that, Mo and I get to leave our rooms. Uh, they give us bread and water. All that kind of stuff, right, Mo? So they need to download it, and they need to subscribe on audio, and then they need to subscribe on YouTube, right? Absolutely. Also, we, you know, we get some time outside to get some pizza. No, no pineapples on it, of course. <laughs> uh, but we get to do a lot. If you guys just support five stars, leave a good comment. You know, the, the higher the suits like that stuff. So just help they us out. Do. We'll continue to give you good content. They do. Also, what we love too is we love again the interaction. That's why we're doing a mail show again on this Wednesday, but also love interacting with you in social media. Make sure you follow Mo at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Mo is national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. He's also the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. I am at LV Gully and the show is at SNB Today. So follow us there. We, We interact with you. We make fun of each other. Of course, Kelly Kreiner, who does our fantasy football stuff, who comes on usually on Thursdays, he goes on there. He likes to pick on the old guy, me, and make fun of my age, and that's okay because if you've seen Kelly, that's enough. Um, so we have fun. <laughs> See, we have fun with each other. We, we love each other, so we, we are cruel to one another, uh, and that's yes. where we have fun. Usually Mo's are around food, which there may or may not be another food question, so we'll get to that. But, Mo, we love doing these shows, so here we go. We're going to jump right in. The first question comes uh, from, and it's actually just a comment from uh, a, a listener named Scott who says, coffee ice cream is stank. Sorry, no, that was wow. just me. That was just me. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that wasn't real. I'm just giving Mo crap. Um, the ice cream debate. I, I did have somebody ask me, why do you guys talk about ice cream all the time? So we'll have to change to a different food. Um, but let's get to the real questions at hand here. The first question is from Blaine. He's in Walnut Creek, California, which, of course, is the East Bay. Shout out to the original Oakland OGs uh, in Raider Nation. 
He says, I hear you guys talk a lot about the offensive line, as we did yesterday on Tuesday's show, and the Raiders uh, have to get better there. But I also think they can work around it if they're unable to get any more free agents or make a trade. Can't they scheme around some of their weaknesses? Mo, can you screen around having a subpar right tackle? Yes, you can, but it's not ideal. And I think you saw that with Alex Leatherwood in the first game. You saw it a little bit with Dan Mumford on Sunday. You can have max protection, which gives your right tackle some help. You have a tight end or a wide receiver or a running back chip before they run out on their route. And then it gives that right tackle some help. So basically that, that edge rusher runs into a player before they get to the right tackle. Mm. And that gives that right tackle some relief there. So you can do that. The problem is when you have max protection like that, it could hold up your route. So if you have Darren Waller out there and he has to run a complex route and he has to chip first, he may not be able to get down the field and, and get chunk plays as he normally would because he has to stop a chip first. So again, you can scheme around that, but you don't yeah. want to do it all the time, but you want to do it kind of occasionally you want to give your right tackle too much help, but you can, yes, he's right. You can't scheme right, but you, again, you don't want to overdo it. Correct. And, and I think, and that was the point I was going to make around scheming around it is, is you just take away parts of your offense. It makes it much more difficult, especially with fans. I know they're very excited about the perhaps vertical nature with what's going on here with the, the player personnel they have. And of course, with Devontae Adams being able to spread out the field more, all this but you get more limited. I think you saw an aberration last year with the Bengals making the Super Bowl. They had a terrible right off a side of their offensive line as well. They mm -hmm. were able to get around it because they had actually two really good vertical uh, receivers who could get out there and do it. So when they had to do max protect, they still had some guys that could get wide open in the middle of the field, but that's not usual. And that you, some breaks got to go your way, Mo. It's not something you can count on if you really want to, I think overall feel good about your chances, make it deep in the playoffs yeah and it also forces your quarterback to make a lot of plays with his feet of course Derek Carr has gotten better with that over the years yep. but then you're asking your quarterback to make more plays with his legs I will also say maybe you can run some screens to take some pressure off your offensive line that could also help but again the Raiders have these weapons on the outside with with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller you want to be able to use those weapons to the maximum you do absolutely uh, good question, Blaine, though. I appreciate that, man. Walnut Creek, shout mm -hmm. out again. All right, now we go down to uh, the Lone Star State. Uh, Raider Ron from Dallas, Texas. Can you imagine being a Raider fan in Dallas? That's got to be tough, man. I mean... Yeah, there are actually a number of Raider fans that I communicate yes. with, and they're like, it, it sucks being a Raider <laughs> fan in Texas. There, There's a big Raider fan club down there. I don't know if it's an official mm -hmm. black hole or not, but it's definitely a big Raider group down there. Because uh, I've heard from them over the over the years that I've been on the air covering the Raiders, and they're amazing. And it seems like it makes them really strong because they're surrounded right. by the insanity that is the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, they, good for they Ray probably Ryan. had a good Thanksgiving, by the way, last year. So. <laughs> Shout out to Can them. you imagine strutting like mm -hmm. that meme? Get the guy getting out of his car with his leg. Yeah, that yeah. that that's I'm I'm sure how they were rolling around the Dallas Fort Worth area. <laughs> Uh, last Thanksgiving. All right. He says here, I don't know how anyone can really say how good or uh, not good the defense is between injuries and starters not playing. It's impossible for me to tell how much of this is injuries and not playing starters. And do you think this could be on purpose? So McDaniels doesn't show his defensive strategy. I'll answer the first thing. The, the, the email is correct. It's hard to gauge how good or bad the defense is when you're missing 
like five, five, six, seven <laughs> starters. Well, Nichols out, Jonathan Hankins, as we talked about, out, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones not playing because they're vets, they don't need to play. But what really worried me is Rocky Asin, Anthony Averett, and Trayvon Mullen not out there because those are young quarterbacks that to me needed need some snaps in the preseason. And with all those guys out, it's hard to to say what the defense is still going to be. The second part of the question I will say is I understand not wanting to show your hand before the regular season, but you also want to get certain guys some snaps, as I just said, with your cornerbacks being young. Uh, those guys still have, have a lot to prove or don't have a lot of experience starting. You want those guys on the field. So even though they're not showing much by not playing in the preseason, they're also not practicing. So it's it's more than just not wanting to show anything. It, it seems to be a legit injury that Josh McDaniels, of course, is not going to tell us all about. But there are some there are some legit concerns that those guys aren't back soon. No doubt about it. Uh, and and it's hard to tell. I, I agree with you, Mo. It's hard to tell based on that and the sample size, right? So, again, I agree with the fans out there who say, yeah, let's not push the panic button. And, and, and we don't do that on this show. There's other you know, clickbaiters who do that, and they will, they will give you inflammatory headlines that say, is it over for the defense? You know, and it's like second week of the preseason. <laughs> um, and, and so and good for them. They do what they do. But, but I just think that, that you have to wait and see. And to your point, Mo, I'd like to see some of these guys. It doesn't have to be a ton of time. Just get in there for a series yeah. or two. And, of course, right. yes, you're always risking injury, but you got to get that game speed going. Uh, you made that point uh, on yesterday's show as well, and I think that's, uh, that's key for this defense. So uh, Raider, Ron, and Dallas, dude, good. Thanks for your question. I appreciate that. A really good one. Um, and he goes by Raider Ron. I wonder if he has that on his license plate rolling around Dallas. Uh, <laughs> be kind of fun. All right. We stay in Texas. It's a Texas kind of uh, day here on Silver and Black today. Jesus from El Paso, uh, down near the border, El Paso, says, <clears throat> and here we go, I don't care what you say, I'm assuming he means us, Darren Waller not coming to the game was a punk move. I get he's not playing and that the basketball team is owned by Davis, but Derek Carr, Adams, Renfro, all those guys were there. As a fan, it's disappointing as he's my man, but it's not good, man. That's Jesus from El Paso. <laughs> Deep breath. Well, I guess I don't have the answer because he, he doesn't care what we have to say. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> No, That's a good point. Okay, so <laughs> on to the next question. No, no, no. Listen, listen. No, seriously, seriously. I, I, uh, he, shout out to Jesus. Yes, so. absolutely. We're just giving him. And you know what? That's what we do here. We're, we're family, so we're going to give each other crap, just like we talked about earlier. Yeah. But Mo, for, for me, again, I go back to yesterday's show where we went a whole segment talking about Darren Waller and this stuff. Um, I know what you're saying, Jesus, because you are die hard Raider Nation, you know, Raider Nation for life. I get it. You live and die by your team. Um, and, and, and nobody does that more than Raiders fans. But in this case, again, I get what you're saying. Uh, and using the other guys as an example, I don't know. Tom Brady, he's missing camp. He's got an excused absence. We don't know why. He didn't give a reason why. Darren Waller, we knew he was at a basketball game. So, so it happens more in the league than people realize, Mo. Yeah, and I think what Jesus is getting at is just that it's just about the integrity to the team, loyalty to the team, sure. that you, you're there for your brothers. Because I believe it was Murph who said this after the first game that he loves seeing the guys, or after Sunday's game, he loves seeing the guys celebrate each other's plays on the field and them just 
having fun together and just being a group that you know it's it's us against the world we're, we're in this together no matter yeah, that what way, I think that's right? what right and i think that's what jesus and el paso is getting at but i what i my pushback is only this that and i mentioned this on on i believe a tuesday show that i'm sure he talked about this with his teammates and if he had a conversation with his teammates and his teammates were like look we're all cool with it go have fun go you know go to the game no big deal you've been all in this since you've been here we have no problems with you being across the street yeah then if, if his teammates are fine with it I don't, I don't see how we can have a problem with it no i i agree 100 percent. and not only that but if you look at the situation again darren waller has done nothing in my view at all at all selfish in any of this where he could be i mean you look at some of the guys i mean we talked about roquan smith a couple weeks ago now we're finding out yesterday or on Monday, Roquan Smith has had somebody inquiring with teams about trading him. He's not an agent, so they're trying not to get in trouble. I mean, this is what some guys do. So Darren Waller is a gem of a man. I mean, he's he's not only cleaned up his life, and we know that whole story, but he's he said multiple times at these press conferences and in interviews like Bussin' with the Boys, which we talked about on Tuesday's show as well, he said, hey, man, I, I'm playing football. I'm worried about football. I'm there for my team. I'm there to prepare. And I'm going to let the agent do all the contract. I'm not even talking about it, right? Which is good. So, so he's showing everything that you could see there. And so I want to say to you, Jesus, first of all, I want to thank you for, for watching and listening. We appreciate it very much. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, man. If I, if I had, if I could fist bump, <laughs> fist bump you right now and just say, dude, it's going to be okay. I promise. <laughs> it's going to be fine. He's going to be good. He's going to be out there for week one against the Chargers. He's going to tear him up. It's all going to be good. So just take a deep breath, hang out. I'll come down to El Paso. We'll have some real Mexican food. Yes, we'll do it. So hang in there, man. <laughs> yes. And thank you. <laughs> thank you for your question. Awesome. Um, all right. Now we're going to go to Kentucky. So we're moving a little further north. Man, all the quite We had one from California. <clears throat> we haven't had a question from Las Vegas yet. I find that really weird. But nonetheless, um, we're going out to Kentucky again, the second show uh, in this mailbag series, and we've had questions from Kentucky both times. Very interesting. And it comes from Chad Mixon, longtime listener as well. And he actually has two questions, So, and I thought they were both good. So I'm going to use both of them. We'll start with the first one, Bo, which is there's been very little on Twitter or in articles about the safety position. I'm sure there are a lot of moving parts to it all, but is the roster pretty much set with Morig, Abram, Harmon, and Gillespie, and Teamer? Are there any under-the-radar type of players that may sneak onto the team? If so, are there any surprise cuts coming? Now, Mo, I know we've talked about safeties before. You've been watching this one closely. Talk about that safety position. Who's sort of on the outside looking in, and who's really solidified probably a role there? Yeah, I think that's one of the more set positions on the roster simply because of who you have there. You have Merrick, who I think is going to be, who could be one of the best young safeties in the league when it's all set and done after the 2022 season. He's set. John Abram, I think he's probably going to start. Former first-round pick from 2019. I did make a comment about him in the post game on Sunday that it was good to see him attack the line of scrimmage because I think that's where he's at his best, going downhill. And I think you'll see more of that during the regular season. Now, behind those two, you mentioned it, Deron Harmon, I think, is going to get looks in, in maybe nickel and dime. 
looks. He has the Patriot roots. So I think he's pretty much secure in his spot. And Tyree Gillespie, we, we didn't see a lot of him last year because he wasn't on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this being his second year, we'll get to see more of him, what he can bring to the table. And I think the coach staff wants to see what they have in him. But I do think Roderick Teamer, who I've seen a lot in the preseason, is probably on the outside looking in. Yep. He came from basically the, the Gus Bradley regime. And if he gets cut, I think that's where he's probably going to end up after after late cuts again. But uh, the safety position is one of the positions I'm not worried about as far as what is it going to look like? Because I think it's pretty much set with with young guys and then Abram trying to prove something in a contract year. Yeah, and I and I agree, and I think Teamer. I mean, against uh, against the Vikings, boy, there was some really forgettable moments there. And again, we talked about it on yesterday's show when you're trying to make a team. Yeah, you want to play well, but you also want to show your discipline and not making errors. Uh, and he certainly made. I think he's just not as good scheme fit, really, for what they're doing. To your point about Gus Bradley as well. So there's the first part of really quick, Go ahead. Yes, go. Re- ahead. Really quick though, and a quick comment. I I wouldn't rule out though the Raiders picking up a safety after the, mm. after Lee cuts after the last round of cuts. I think the Raiders could look into bringing in another safety because Patrick Graham has shown in previous stops that he likes a hybrid safety slot guy. And the Raiders don't really have that yet. The slot guy is basically probably going to be Nate Hobbs. And we just rattled off the safeties, uh, Merrick, Abram, Harmon, mm-hmm. Gillespie, but he doesn't have that, that hybrid type guy yet. And I think True. the Raiders may look for that uh, late cuts. So look out for that at the safety position. Yeah, then that hybrid player is becoming more and more a part of almost every defense in the NFL now. So it's it's one of those new uh, fangled things that are happening out there. Okay, so that was number one. Number two now is less on the field stuff, but, but I thought it was interesting, which is why uh, Chad sent us two and we're going to answer two. And that is question, the Raiders have a strong legacy – and we all embrace the once a Raider, always a Raider, unless you're Jamarcus Russell uh, and Randy Moss. Um, since the move to Las Vegas, the, fr- the franchise has used, I'm learning this from fans. Uh, since the move to Vegas, the franchise has used the Al Davis Memorial Torch as a PR and publicity stunt. Is there any chance they could go back to having former team members light the torch? I would love to see someone like Eric Allen, Richard Seymour, or Donald Penn light the torch. Now I'm going to jump in first on this one, Mo, because two things. I understand exactly what you're saying. I think Eric Allen did it in Oakland, if I recall. I might be wrong. If I am, mm-hmm. let me know. So. Um, but number two, remember, the first year the stadium was open was COVID, so there was none of that. There was no lighting the torch because no one was there except for some first responders and whatnot. As I was in those games and it was empty. Sitting in the press box, you could hear everybody on the field talking. There was nobody there, so you weren't going to bring somebody on. The second year last year, they did it a lot. Remember, there's a lot of politicians, a lot of sponsors, a lot of people that were that were responsible for helping the Raiders move to Las Vegas. They took care of those people last year, and they're still doing it to a certain degree. So you sort of got to, and I, I don't disagree with you, and my guess would be the Raiders will get back to how they used to do it, bringing in players, bringing in uh, folks, I think Cliff Branch's family should be this, there this year. He obviously got in the Hall of Fame as well. Richard Seymour is another one. So there's there's a bunch of people that you want, and I think they will get back to that, Chad. Uh, but remember, a lot of people did a lot of stuff to get the team to Las Vegas and to build that beautiful Death Star. So they're trying to take care of those people first. Yeah, and that's a, that's a very good answer. And as we all know, it comes down to who's supporting you, lobbyists and, and money, when money's involved. 
that's what matters and that's who you're going to take care of first but to your point i think they will get back to bringing place because they know fans love that stuff and they oh, yeah. if they want to get the fan base involved and riled up they know how to get them back and i think bringing in former players and their families if they're not you know no longer with us i think is a good route to take but i just want to really quick chad mixon is actually a really good follower of mine on twitter so shout out yes. to him i know exactly who this is uh shout out to him for all his support and uh anything that we put out basically so yeah, no, I, I love it. And we do. We I mean, and Mo, I think I, at one point, I think on Monday, um, I was sitting there thinking, God, Mo's answering all these questions on Twitter. We got to get them for the show. <laughs> but that's OK. We get a lot. So we got a lot of email. We're backed up on email now. So it's totally fine. Uh, and we try to get to these shows. We try to make them about 20 minutes because uh, we know you're on your way to your commute. And we have shows on Tuesday, Thursday and post game. So we're just trying to get you this stuff. But we love interacting with you. And Chad, great job. And I will continue to answer your questions. And Mo will. Someday Mo's going to charge, but we're not there yet. So <laughs> did you hear? So fans, did you hear that? If I don't answer your questions during the game or after the game, it's because Scott told me not to. Oh, I just gave you an out. <laughs> I just gave you an out that you're going to love. My co-host said to reserve that for the mailbag questions. If I, if I don't answer, you know why. And you know what? I will tell you, there, when I don't answer questions given to me on Twitter, if it goes beyond my knowledge base... Uh, I usually will tag Mo <laughs> so he can answer it since he covers the whole league. Sometimes I don't know. I should have done that with the damn pup list um, before I made a fool out of myself. Uh, but if otherwise I don't answer, if you're coming from a place where the world is, is falling down and everybody sucks because the Raiders fumbled, I'm probably not going to answer your question just because you're in a bad place. And I want to be, I want to interact. I want to talk to you, but not when you're in a bad place because you get all nasty and ugly. You know what I mean, Mo? Sometimes yeah. people are like, yeah, oh, like, we, we might as well just blow up the stadium. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. They just fumbled. Wow. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It could get very hyperbolic on Twitter, as I, as we all know. But, I, you know, sometimes I do find it cool that I can talk fans off the ledge sometimes when fans yes. are a little too down. Because sometimes I could see a different perspective. Some people think I'm always negative and critical, but there are times where fans come to me and they say, well, I, I don't feel good about this and, you know, fill me in on, on this position. What do you think about that? And sometimes I'm able to talk them back off the ledge a little bit because maybe they don't see certain things that I see. Maybe they see things that I that I don't see and we can come to a middle ground. Yeah, that's always good. I mean, there's there's a difference just like with all of social media, which is we could do a whole show on it and and probably would be a waste of time. But nonetheless, um, is is that you can you can disagree. We can have disagree. I have we have great listeners who disagree with us and we go mm -hmm. back and forth on stuff and you don't have to agree all the time. And that's good because sometimes I listen. I'm like, oh, you know, they have a good point. Maybe I was wrong or maybe I'm thinking about this from a different perspective when I should think about it from his perspective or her perspective. Uh, but but certainly that. And then there's just people to your point about it being hyperbolic. Like, look, it's just like anything in life. Don't respond when you're overly emotional, right? I don't care if you're talking to your boss, you're talking to your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever it may be. When you're in that moment, just like when Mo answered, started to answer the question about Darren Wall, he took a deep breath, and then he waited, and then he went. So, so that's what I would say is like, don't, don't angry tweet. If you angry tweet, and believe me, I angry tweet, especially if it's an airline or a hotel that's crappy. But, but, <laughs> but don't angry tweet. Um, it's, be it's better for all your interactions. That's my, my bit of social media advice as we talk about this. Okay, Mo, we now have to decide... 
the winner of the t-shirt. Everybody on this list is getting a sticker. And again, we want you to post that when you get them. Post the sticker wherever you put them on Twitter. Tag me, Mo, and SNB today on Twitter so we can see where you put your ticker, ticket, ticker, ticker, bah, ticket, uh, sticker. Blaine from Walnut Creek talked about the offensive line. I thought that was a really good question. He's in the lead with me right now as I'm thinking through it. Raider Ron about the defense, too, about not having all the pieces. That's another really good one. Jesus needed to vent about Darren Wall. We love you. Um, and then Chad had his two, <laughs> Chad had his two questions and I'm going to just make sure it's one cause I don't want him to have two chances. So we're going to have, um, his first question about the safety position. So Chad on safety, uh, Jesus on the vent and Darren Waller, Raider Ron on the defense and Blaine on the offensive line. Who you got Mo? Mm, I guess I'll go first since you went first on the first mailbag. Um, this is a tough one. Uh, I actually like I actually like the offensive line question because it actually forced me to think, you know, how can they get around this right tackle issue yes. if there is a problem? Because they're going to be facing Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack the first week. It's a tough, it's a tough first week for what oh, they suck against what they have. You know, <laughs> yeah, of course, there's just no two nobodies. You know, they're on the Chargers, but I think, but I, but I like the question because of the fact that it forced me to answer with what we could see week one, if they have a shaky right tackle position, because let's say they don't go out and get a right tackle. If Darren, if Darren Williams is not part of the cards, if Eric Fisher is not part of the cards, what are they going to do against Khalil Mack? How can they scheme against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and not get their quarterback crushed? Right. And as I said, max protection, screen plays, and a lot of running the football. So good question. Yeah, I, I picked that and, one. And you convinced me on that one too, because, and again, it, I mean, it was tough the first show. It's even tougher this show because the questions yeah. are just so good. And this is what I love about our listeners. And I'm sure these guys listen to other shows too, but for whatever reason, when we have discussions with them and when they send in their questions, they're phenomenal. I love that one. And then of course the one on the safety position too, asking about that. Uh, and the defense. I mean, look, they were all very good questions, but I'm going to agree with you, Mo. I'm going to say Blaine gets the T-shirt. And so, Blaine, we need to get you a picture. We'll get the shirt out to you as soon as they're in. Uh, and we certainly appreciate that. Keep the questions coming every week. Uh, to do that, you mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Don't forget your question and your name and address so that we can get out at least your sticker. Everybody gets a sticker. And uh, if you get the T-shirt, we'll also send you a T-shirt with the sticker. So you get both items. So we certainly appreciate it. Well, there you go, Mo. Another yeah. uh, another mailbag. And look, on the screen in front of these people is a mailbag. Nobody sends mail anymore. I should put an email picture there. But that was more boring. Email pictures were all kind of like E with an envelope. I'm like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Right? So we'll do the old school mailbag for those of us as old as dirt. Remember. Not everybody remembers, <laughs> but. It's okay. I'm doing pigeon mail. Pigeon mail. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. All right, Mo. So Thursday, tomorrow, we're going to talk uh, more about the Dolphins, about what we need to see going into this Raiders game. Uh, and we'll start to see the Raiders loosen it up. Not a ton, but you start to see them loosen it up a little bit as far as the play calling. You'll see, I think, more uh, of the offensive line rotation that we continue to see. Guys played more. Uh, in the first game in Canton than they did this past game against the Vikings. We might see some of those guys go at it again. Uh, what else might we look for uh, ahead of that game? Uh, and and we'll talk about tomorrow. One thing we didn't mention on Tuesday's show, and we didn't get a mailback question about the running backs too much, but um, mm. 
I'm interested to see if Amir Abdullah plays against the Dolphins because if he doesn't play against the Dolphins, I think that means he's pretty much safe to get a roster spot. And if Drake is getting a lot of snaps, that leads me to definitely believe that they're showcasing him for a potential trade because mm. usually at this point in the preseason, guys who are not on the field, those guys usually saying, okay, we're just wrapping these guys up for the regular season, get them ready. They're fine. Guys that are starting to get more reps, you worry about their position on the roster because they're either A, being showcased, or the coaching staff is on the fence about them. Yeah, no no doubt. So, yes, we will have the running back discussion on the docket there. By the way, with Drake, Seattle. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Seattle, Drake. If they were going to make a trade, I would – Seattle might be in the market. <laughs> Seattle's making moves – they need a guy who can catch out of the backfield. Rashad Penny's hurt. I mean, I know he's a different type of runner, uh, but uh, they might be buyers in that running back market, so I'd keep an eye on that one. It's funny you mention that because Seattle loves their running backs and they have an atrocious quarterback situation. They may just run the ball 50 times a game with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Right, and not only that, but they're going to have to go to that short passing game, that swing pass coming out of the backfield, and who better to do that than Kenyon Drake? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a good idea to showcase him because don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you cut Kenyon Drake or trade him no. because he's not a good football player, but just the Reds just have so much at that position. And you're seeing the, as Albert Breer tweeted, I believe he believes uh, uh, Amir Abdullah is in the lead for that James White role. Yeah. So if, in, if that's indeed true, Kenyon Drake is the odd man out. And I have to say too, and, and this is not just an overt shot at the former regime. But it's nice that these guys that this team has brought in that Dave Ziegler went out and signed uh, and drafted um, are all showing something. I'm not saying they're all going to make the rosters, um, but they are definitely competing and showing where in the past we had some guys who were traded before they even got to the second preseason game, uh, like Lynn Bowden Jr. And these guys who just never could even pan out in practice, let alone in some of these preseason games. So that's really refreshing, too. And, again, that's what you want. You want crowded rooms to make tough decisions because that means your player personnel side has been doing good work. Not to take a shot at the previous regime, but I think that's a sign that the front office and the coaching staff is on the same page. Because, you know, as you know, there were reports and swirling rumors that, you know, Gruden had his viewpoint and – may have been different than Mayock's viewpoint. So that's why you've had maybe players that didn't work out because you they weren't on the same page. Yep, absolutely. All right, so that'll do it for this Wednesday edition, the mailbag edition of Silver and Black today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And again, we'll talk about that running back situation. We'll also preview the Dolphins and what's going on there. Uh, and we'll get to any roster moves that happen between today and Thursday. Anything at all what's going on there. Uh, and talk about what we, the top three things we want to see in the game against Miami coming on this weekend. Mo, we'll talk to you tomorrow, man. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll talk more preseason football. I'm sure people want to hear about that. And of course, we just hope that the Raiders get healthy and stay healthy for the guys that are on the field already. Uh, that's the key. Don't forget to follow Mo on Twitter, M O E M O T U N. That's Mo Moten. Read his stuff up on Bleacher Report. He's always dropping stuff. What are you dropping later this week, Mo? It's Wednesday. We got Thursday, Friday before you go take your avocado smoothie break on Saturday and then work Sunday. Yeah, I'm taking not, not a break, but I'm just going to be observing a lot of preseason action on Rewind. 
And then uh, I'll have some preseason takeaways in the week, of course, before the Raider game. So look out for that if you're interested in what's going on across the league. Because as I said, the Reds may pick up some guys that get cut. So you may want to pay attention to what's going on about guys who may be on the out on rosters across the league. Yeah, and we'll have a, a Thursday. I almost forgot. We'll have Kelly on. We'll do our fantasy football segment as well. Talk about um, with us first round of cuts. If anybody that could hurt somebody was cut, we'll see. We don't know uh, until we kind of look at everybody's roster in the league and whether or not any of those guys were part of this first round. I doubt it, but you never know. And we'll get an idea of kind of what players are out there. And Mo, I know are you you're still continuing to write on fantasy, right? On Bleacher Report, yeah. I actually dropped an article this week. on. I know Raiders fans don't want to hear this, but if you're interested <laughs> in fantasy, uh, the Chiefs have a lot of undervalued players that you should pick up in fantasy. Uh, I know, again, I know this is don't a play with station, your heart but, when you're playing fantasy football. You're right. You're but, right. But, but when it comes to fantasy football, you need to take advantage of some of the Chiefs players that are on their offense because without Tyreek Hill, there's a lot more targets to go around, a lot more touches to go around for players on that offense. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. All right. Follow me on Twitter as well, at LV Gully, uh, and catch the show tomorrow. Make sure if your friends who are Raiders fans or even your family, if they're not, and you just need them to help us, make sure they subscribe to the show. Make sure they do it on their favorite audio platform, whether it's Apple iTunes, whether it's uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your stuff, we are there and you can find Silver and Black today. It's uh, linked in our profile as well will take you to a link that works with your device actually and then also check out our youtube page where we're also simulcasting the show subscribe hit the notification bell for mo moten i am scott colbrands and this has been silver and black today an odyssey original podcast we will talk to you tomorrow in a nation take care and have a great wednesday